Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, guys. Welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. I'm really excited about today's guest, Chris Manina, and he helps clients understand their business and financial operations to make better de- better business decisions. So today's talk is going to be all about our bread and butter, uh, financial data, KPIs, cash flows, financial statements, CFO type material, and I'm really happy to welcome Chris to the show. Welcome. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. Uh, really looking forward to talking with your audience. Yeah, um, we connected through Podmatch. So mm-hmm. tell the audience, you know, your backstory, how you got started, what you do, and we'll delve into it. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess been in uh, accounting and finance for about 20 years now. Just sort of fell into it in undergrad. Uh, didn't really know which direction to go, um, but had a couple of accounting and finance professors that really just turned me onto it. And just, it made a lot of sense. You know, you look at a business and you try and understand the finance side of things. And I, I like to analogize it to like maybe a car. You can understand how the moving pieces fit together. You how, understand how an engine runs. Um, you really become the mechanic of the business. With that, you know, I think there are people who don't want to become the mechanic and they want to just drive the car. So you need somebody who understands the business, understands the mechanics underlying it, but you just want to know how to turn the wheel left, right, gas, gas and brake. Um, so I think that's where I can add a lot of value. And I, I think there's a lot of business insight you can get from really understanding the granularity and the details. But as where I come in to really support business owners is, is to help them create that model and framework in their heads for how they can look and analyze their business um, to really make better decisions um, strategically, I'd say. Yeah. I love this idea that you talk about strategically and um, everything is accounting numbers, financial statements. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like the language. One thing is uh, for, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they just want to build, they want to yeah. network partnership. What are some of the, just kind of the notes for understanding financial sure. statements, cash flows for non-financial executives? Yeah. I mean, I think, at a very high level, business 1.0, I'd say, is when you're looking backwards. Um, you're looking at your historical financial statements, you're looking at balance sheet, income statement, cash flow statement, all those kinds of pieces that you learn you're supposed to look at. Ultimately, I really think the basics is just looking at cash flow. But really where I think you're gonna get to uh, business 2.0 is when you're starting to do forward-looking statements. Looking at cash flow projections, whether you have a 90-day cash flow forecast, you're really understanding your budget at a detail level and doing budget to actual analysis on a go-forward basis so you can really put the pieces together. It's like, I'm sure some of your audience um, 
does investing in the stock market, right? So you think a uh, stock's going to go up. You realize that it doesn't always move exactly as the way you want. You start to iterate over time and you understand how the pieces move together. And when you start doing those forward-looking projections, that's when you really start to understand the business drivers, I think, because you realize where you're wrong. Um, if I go do a 90-day cash flow forecast and we get 30, 60 days in and I've materially off in a handful of places, you start to do that analysis, you start to understand where your assumptions were wrong about your business. Um, it's very easy to look historically at the financial statements and say, okay, well, this was this because of that. Um, you know, our cash balance went up because, I don't know, you know, we we got a new new client and whatever the reason may be, but often you find that the underlying drivers when you start to do this forward-looking analysis is wrong um, or not systemically wrong, but at least you're wrong on the margin. And I think it really helps you uh, uh, get a lot more visibility into your business to try and do the forward-looking projections and really understand that piece. Um, so when you say at a high level, um, I mean, the basics of it is get into the forward-looking projection and figure out where your assumptions are wrong. Um, I think that's probably the best way to approach it. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, and then the um, the other thing is, uh, so here's another um, qualm for entrepreneurs: is they double their revenue and mm -hmm. it, um, it comes tax time. Oh yeah, and they don't have they don't have enough cash, and they say, "Oh, I made all this revenue. Uh, why weren't we profitable? Why am I always in a cash crunch?" Kind of describe that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the business 1.0. You're looking backwards. You're saying, okay, well, these are my historical financial statements, but I don't know what's what's coming ahead. And that's, you know, that's to my point where you get to the forward looking projections and you realize, okay, well now I have a tax bill due. Um, you should probably have a tax advisor um, helping you do, you know, depending on the type of entity you're dealing with, you know, if you're doing quarterly estimates or, you know, get to the year end and you have to do tax planning, you should ideally have a good visibility into what your tax liability is going to be months ahead of time. If, if not, if you're doing quarterly estimates, you should be having an ongoing uh, conversation. So that's one of those lessons I'd say. Um, you can get those surprises, but to have a good cash flow cushion to handle unexpected issues, uh, generally speaking, you're going to want to have 30, 60, 90 days cash on hand as working capital at any given point. So if you don't, I'd say that that's a good, good stepping stone to get your business to a position where you do have probably at least 90 days cash on hand, as well as a financing, you know, maybe the line of credit available, should you need to dip into that? Um, those are really the basics, I'd say, so that if you do get hit with that kind of tax liability, um, that you're unexpected, you have the liquidity to handle it. But ideally that's not a huge shock for you i mean maybe you should have some framework to understand what that kind of exposure is at least huh. months ahead of time yeah what's the difference between uh, for entrepreneurs you know people listening what's the difference between um revenues cash flow and profitability oh well there's there's some complexity there i mean revenue is what you bring into the business um that's your your sales profits are what you take home at the end of the day in theory but that's you know you're talking about accrual versus cash basis those are the two concepts that people often get confused so if i cash is really what you walk away with at the end of the day in terms of the actual hard cash um, I think that's the best way you should look at your business as a small business, but as you start to get bigger, the accrual basis concepts come into play. So let's say I sign a contract to do services for the next year, sign a million dollar contract. I'm going to perform services for the next year. Um, let's say 1.2 because it's easier on a 12 month basis, bill all of that at the beginning of the year. So I now have $1.2 million in cash at the beginning of the year. 
but I have to earn that over the next year. So each month I'm basically earning a hundred thousand dollars. And so at the end of the year, you can do the analysis on an accrual basis, whether, whether you're profitable, but on a cash basis, that's where the variability comes in because the timing of when you actually get the cash may be different from when you earn the cash. And that's, that, that's the dynamic between profits and cash. Usually where you're going to see divergences is where there's a big gap between when you earn the money versus collect and on the same time when you spend the money versus when you pay. Yeah. Does that yeah, make sense? Quite, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, I've been talking to other uh, CFPs and other fractional CFOs, which we'll talk about a little bit later, and they always reference this book, uh, Profit First, for CFOs. And basically, you can learn everything you need, and it's basically allocating your revenue each every time you get you get something, allocating it to like you know your salary, expenses, taxes, and that way. At the end of the year, you you have you have buckets to pay for these liabilities and expenses. Yeah, I mean, and that's again, maybe this is just my framework that I think about in terms of the forward-looking, you know, business 2.0. When you have a budget set for the year, if you say my overhead is going to be X, my salaries are Y. You know, I have I have five people on staff, their salaries amount to X. This is how much it's going to be in payroll tax. I mean, you want to build that whole model out so you understand really what all your costs are going to be for the year. Uh, maybe you have a lease, office space, you know, whatever it may be. Um, put all the pieces together, um, and then that's sort of how you break up those buckets. And and ideally, you're doing a break-even analysis as well. You so you say I have a million dollars in costs for the year, so I need to at least make whatever you want your take home to be about one point five um, in revenue just to break break the uh, get to your target that you want. Uh, so I think that that doing that budget exercise is really the same framework for getting to where you want to be in terms of understanding those buckets. But but a holistic budget is really, really, really helpful for a business owner to sort of understand where all the pieces are moving. Yeah. The other question is when this, this idea of interim fractional CFO, when should a small to medium sized business consider outsourcing or looking? Right, at right, right, right. So there's a handful of different levels of service you can get. Uh, you can get basic with what you might call business process outsourcing. So this is just doing all the transactional stuff day to day. That's You can get that done even for a small business, and I think there's some ROI on there. Uh, that's just doing your payroll, paying your bills, sending out invoices, things like that. Just reconciling your cash account at the end of the month. Those are the pieces at a very basic transactional level for a small business that you might need. I'd also piggyback off that to say every business should have somebody helping them with a forward-looking cash flow projection. Um, if you're doing it internally, at least have some kind of outsourced fractional CFO to look over it once a month, even get an hour of their time. It's well worth your effort. But then if you, as you grow and scale, you your business gets a little bit more complex. You might need some level of controllership, which is sort of a manager of your accounting and finance function, not only making sure that all the transactions are done on a day-to-day -day basis, but all your compliance is done as well. Like your 1099s at the end of the year, if you have uh, contractors, your W-2s for your employees, making sure the tax returns are done, all your compliance filings. I mean, um, <clears throat> state registrations, if you have people in different states, all those kinds of things. As that kind of business gets more complex, maybe a controllership. And as, as you grow and continue to expand, maybe you need a CFO. You have capital allocation issues. Maybe your cash flow surplus are really at a point where you have excess cash. You need to figure out how to allocate that. Do you want to buy another business? How do you invest? Um, do you need financing? Are you looking at strategic partnerships? Do you want to do some M&A? All those kinds of different pieces that might lend itself to a, a, a CFO. But 
the decision to outsource versus insource, I think, I think there's some benefit to both sides, depending on where you fall on the, on the philosophical spectrum. I think you get a lot of expertise from outsourcing because let's say you, you work with a firm of a hundred people, you get access to that hundred people's professional expertise by virtue of hiring that firm, even though your point of contact might be one person. Uh, you get a person who's got a lot of skill set, who's seen a lot of different businesses. Whereas if you insource, you're really only reliant on the one person's expertise. But there's a flip side because that one person that you insource, you have access to 40 hours a week. You can go pull them aside and say, let's let's grab a meeting. Let's talk through this issue. If you're outsourcing, you might only have access to that fractional CFO or fractional controller, maybe you know, a portion of the week. So you might have to schedule those meetings and the, the, that can be a little bit of a hurdle sometimes. Interesting. Yeah, and um, so what's the uh, current landscape CFO, you know, with private versus public, the way just like different, where, 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 what are you seeing? Like, I, like, are you seeing a transition from full-time to just more fractional interim? Yeah, I will say that I'm seeing a lot of, at least, so let me preface this by saying most of the businesses I work with are in probably the small to medium size. You know, I'd probably deal with most of my clients in the five to $50 million range. And then, um, you know, a handful is larger than that. But for the most part, that bread and butter up, especially one to 10 million, um, I think those businesses really do well by outsourcing, especially I would say if you have, uh, you're not sure you have that need and you don't necessarily have the resource to pay somebody a solid CFO, $250,000, $300,000 a year plus fringe and you know benefit. There's a real strong ROI for getting access to that expertise. It's a huge trend in the industry. I'm on the board of a state society of CPA. Um, I have access to a lot of a lot of people in a lot of firms and you know one of the things i notice is that a lot of accounting firms are transitioning to this business practice or this business advisory service because there's just so much need out there so many people are moving this direction because you can get uh, access to that expertise like i said for just a fraction of the cost really interesting um and i think um how can people follow you check out your social media and check you out. Yeah, I mean, you can find me. Uh, we're at KW, and you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, that's the primary ways to get get hold of me. Uh, but also, if you know, I'm sure you can share my uh, contact info as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so really interesting discussion. You know, for the audience, all the uh, listeners, um, Chris's resources will be on links and show notes. And uh, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. All right, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. listening if you like it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week